Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. All right, Tim. So the question for today's episode is, did God close the churches during the pandemic because he was sick of their worship? Yeah, this is one of those interpretations of the pandemic that I I really didn't hear very many people at all say during the time. So, you know, when we're in the midst of it, I, I don't know that I could think of hardly anyone who came up with this as an interpretation of God's uh, providence at that point. Uh, but then it's something I asked, you know, a few people about a few bigger name people about what they thought about it and uh, it's 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 one of those things that seemed obvious to me at the time that if god was going to sovereignly close the doors of his churches you know something that he has commanded us to do so he's commanded us to go and to worship and he's going to close it down one of the interpretations that we should at the very least consider is the fact that maybe he was doing that because he was sick of our worship right mm-hmm. and so what do you mean maybe well, I mean, maybe, maybe like it had something to do with you know the state of, you know, the church's uh, toleration of sin or practices that we're employing and everything else. And so, as you read through you know, Isaiah, Isaiah in, in particular, uh, Isaiah one eleven says this: you know, "What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices?" Says the Lord, "I have had enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts." I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me, and I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Uh, wash yourself, make yourself clean, remove the evil from your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, uh, plead the widow's cause. So, you know, thinking about a passage like that, that is a passage where those things that he's saying that his soul is weary of are things that he called the Israelites to do, essentially. Mm -hmm, And he's saying, you know, I'll have no more of these things. You know, I'm sick of these things. I'm sick of your He's essentially saying, I'm sick of your worship and I, don't, I won't have any more of it. And, you know, it's one of those things that as you think about a passage like that, you think about 
what happened during the pandemic, we just kind of closed our doors, right? Yeah, and yeah, willingly. Willingly, right. yeah. And it seems like something that should have caused us to think, is this God basically saying, I'm sick of it, I'll have no more of it. So I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, I think it is particularly striking, especially when you think about the fact that it was basically, I mean, totally motivated by, you know, uh, fear, right? And right. It, it kind of reminds you of all these times that, you know, and the especially in the Old Testament where God, you know, he instills fear into entire nations. I mean, like when when the Israelites are um, leaving Egypt, right? He, he right. says that he's going to instill fear in um, all of the nations that the Israelites have to pass by so that they'll be protected and they won't be attacked. And, and then he does, he, he does that. And so it's obviously not outside of, you know, the scope of his sovereignty to be able to instill entire, I mean, entire nations with fear. And so we, we can, you know, build up all of the technology that we want. We can build up all of the weapons of mass destruction we want. But then at the end of the day, it is pretty humbling to think that uh, the American church shut, shut its doors down, you know, with, for, for all of our advances, we shut our doors down for, you know, a virus, right? And, and <laughs> it he wasn't was totally even what we thought it was, right? Right. Yeah. And he, and he was totally in control of all of that. And, and so I think there is something pretty humbling and all that to say like, Hey, look, you can say that we've, you know, we've advanced a lot farther than, than where we were at back when, you know, Moses was walking around, but <laughs> God's still instilling fear in people as, as judgment. Right. right? Yeah. So I, I think that's one of those things where as you, you look at a passage like that, I, I think, and, and just seeing the worldwide response and, and just thinking about how weak the church is in so many ways and uh, how worldly the church is, uh, you know, across the board. And um, yeah, I know, I know we, we talked about, I don't mean to hijack you, but I know we talked about this before, but it, it's worth saying again, you know, how many times when, when you asked people 15 years ago, Hey, when, you know, where's the line where you say once people go here, you know, against the church, that's when we, you know, when the government does this, like that's when we need to stop listening to them. And everyone's response was always, well, when they tell it, you know, when they interfere with our ability to share the gospel, right. When they interfere with our ability to worship freely. Right. And then, and then the minute that that happens, everyone caves, right. Or, or most everyone caves. Yeah, I mean, and there's still churches to this day that still haven't opened yet. And, really? Yeah, I mean, there's still, I mean, there's many churches in different parts of the country in particular that still haven't opened yet. And, you know, so, I mean, I think the most obvious cases like that, then it's obvious, I mean, it's you can look at that and you say, well, God was done with that place, right? Right. So in the most obvious place, that was God saying, I, I'll have no more of that. I mean, and there's, you know, depending on where you're at in the country, there's... um you know, it seems like there's uh, churches that um, are more, you know, cultural institutions at this point. They've lost the Bible. They've lost any kind of convictions a long time ago. Any kind of fidelity to the scripture has been gone. And it seems like as you, you know, map out the different responses to the pandemic along those lines, it seems like the churches that are the most liberal, the churches that are most compromised, those are the ones that close the longest, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so they're the, I mean, and they were, you know, they were the ones with the congregations that were the most willing to stay away. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, I mean, but then it didn't dawn on anyone that that could have possibly been a, you know, a sovereign interpretation of what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but obviously like the ones that closed the longest, you could say that, I mean, they, um, without any self-awareness at all, you look at that and you say, well, you know, maybe God was really sick of those. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, maybe it's a slap on the wrist to some who closed for a few weeks or a month or whatever, you know, something like that yeah. to say, you know, you need to wake up. Uh, but then, you know, you, you, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think what you want to do is look at it and say, basically, if any church closes door down for, you know, e e you know, even a short period of time, um, that that was just God basically writing apostate on that church or something <laughs> like that. But there's, but there's clearly, I mean, churches that still haven't, you know, opened to this day and you know it may be that they have revealed it revealed their state pretty pretty clearly and you know i think it should be a rebuke to all of us and i think it should be something that that we should look at and we should we should say man like um you know we're we're people who who supposedly right are willing to take up our cross and follow jesus mm -hmm. right to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow jesus and you know maybe we're all like um peter right <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe we should remind people that the cross is a executioner's tool, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I think we all proved ourselves to be a lot more like uh, the disciples on the night before the betrayal than what we realized, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> to, yeah. To where, though all betray you, yeah, yet uh, not I, Lord, right? <laughs> and then the slightest, you know, stirrings of danger, we all willingly abandon. I mean, the most fundamental thing we're called to, you know, the most fundamental thing that you're called to as a Christian is just if you want to, you know, make it the most basic thing you can possibly imagine, imagine is just go to church, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> worship the Lord on the Lord's day. Right. You know, that's like a bare minimum kind of thing. And so I think, you know, more people need to look back at this time. And I, I think from the perspective of history, whoever writes the, the, the story of it, that should factor into what we're talking about. Well, at I, least. I think it's pretty telling, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people who were more on the, on the liberal side of things when it, when it came to this. And I think the overwhelming sort of response that I got, uh, and, and, you know, keep in mind, this is just like my single perspective, but I, I do think that there's something to this, you know, talking, talking to people that were more on the left, um, that were more progressive. I mean, they were happy to not be at church on right. Sunday. They were glad to, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing my part and, you know, I'm, I'm loving my neighbor and blah, 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 whatever else. And, and my response to it all was just more like, man, I wish I could meet with my brothers and sisters, you know, and like, right. like spend time with them like I normally would throughout the week and, and whatnot. And, and, um, and so I think that is pretty telling just from like a, well, what, what is the priority here to begin with? If, if you're so willing to leave it, you know, yep. without any sort of pushback whatsoever. And then even as you're leaving it, there's not really any sort of like, man, I really missed that. You know, it's just like, well, oh, well, <laughs> well I think yeah, there's probably, a lot of probably like a, you know, like, oh, finally, a good excuse. Right. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of nominal Christians essentially who that they all they were looking for they're barely holding on anyways and they're yeah. looking for some kind of moral justification to yeah and I, i'm sure there are plenty of people who are more conservative that are the same way you know like uh more conservative like politically but then 
in terms of spiritually, they're really not, they're really not spiritual. Right. right? Well, I think, you know, that's, that's not surprising at the nominal Christian level, but then I think the same dynamic you're talking about is essentially this dynamic that many of the big mega churches essentially had to, to where, you know, if they could, if they could in a guilt free way, take a break from the weekly circus and the light show and the, you know, the Holy spirit fog machine and all that. And they still get all their money coming in through tithes. Right. But they don't actually have to, you know, have the big production and all that. And they don't have to actually deal with people and they don't actually have to gather together. I think there's a lot, a lot of them that revealed that like maybe they, they weren't as, um, you know, they didn't love it as much as they were pretending like they did. Right. right. They were looking for the first opportunity they could to, with all the moral high ground they can muster to go ahead and, you know, stop doing this. Yeah. So sh- stop the charade, right? Stop putting yeah. on the show. Yeah. And, and kind of calling back to our, our episode on, you know, natural disasters, for example, right. one of the, one of the things we came away with on that episode is to say, you know, God can have multiple different purposes for plenty of different people who are affected by the same event. Right. And, right. And so, um, you know, look, look for me, looking back on all this stuff, it, it, it does seem like, well, Hey, there's, there probably are multiple different reasons that, you know, God had for 2020. Right. And, and I'm sure for a lot of churches, the, it was a judgment just, I mean, salt, like solely on their, or at least, in part um, because of like their worship. Right. And, um, and then I can also see how for a lot of others who are probably, you know, faithful when it comes to the worship side of things. um, It's like a trial that I think maybe a lot of people failed or, or didn't pass as much as they would have liked. Right. Uh, Because, because we've just, we've lived in a country that for, so long thankfully has has not really persecuted us the way that christians in the past especially in the early church were persecuted um and so we we've just kind of when, when you i think when you don't when you don't have that person that threat of persecution um you just you don't it it gets you used to thinking a certain kind of way that maybe isn't always helpful uh, and so when the persecution finally comes, you find yourself sort of ill-prepared for the moment and you, and you find your congregations ill-prepared for the moment because we just haven't had to think about those things in so long in terms of actually applying them in our lives. Now, should we be thinking about those things even when you know we're not facing persecution? I think 2020 dem- tells us like, yeah, we should be. We should be preparing that way, even when we're not facing immediate persecution. And so I guess for me, looking back at it is, is probably those two things and, and probably even more that we haven't mentioned, right? The, as reasons for why God sure. uh, allowed churches to be shut down the way they were. Sure. And I, I mean, I think when you look at the, just the broader megachurch, you know, big church, um, nominal Christian kind of culture in general. And a lot of these churches were never really about the worship of God anyways. It was all just about, you know, 
pleasing the people and yeah. giving the people what they want. It was all just a man-centered production. General, I mean, you got you got guys like Andy Stanley essentially, you know, arguing every week that <laughs> that the first and greatest command is essentially the second greatest command. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I think I think uh, looking at just the state of affairs and the um, you know the nature of most of these churches, it does seem like they've you know stopped worshiping God a long time ago and kept on going through the motions. And I think. You know, something like this was certainly a revelation to that effect, and it's definitely, um, you know, a warning to the to the faithful churches out there to say, hey, you know, God, God can, you know, um, do the kind of things that the Bible says He can do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, no one would have thought that it would be possible for God to just, you know, shut it all, shut off His worship like that, you know, even up to a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one would have thought that that would be likely or reasonable. Even a month before. Well, and doing it, yeah, I mean, doing it, like, not even with, like, nuclear holocaust or something like that, right? I mean, you can imagine it in that kind of way, but then he could just, like, so destabilize a people without a single bullet being fired or bomb being dropped. He can just shut it off, Mm -hmm. you know? And he did. (laughs) Yeah. And that should terrify us. Yeah, absolutely. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, Go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.